0: This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu, that's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushdini Copyright 2007 Mark R. Rushdini published by Calcedon Ross House Books PO Box 158 Vallecito California 95251 All rights reserved The Cure of Souls Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by RJ Rushdoony Chapter 46 The Indulgence Society It is commonly believed that the system of indulgences is an institution limited to the Roman Catholic Church. It is my purpose, as should now be apparent, to show that it is commonly found in all the churches and is very much the policy of the modern state. As we have seen, the state in the Christian era borrowed the doctrine from the church. Our modern pardoners or peddlers of indulgences are judges, juries, parole boards, governors and presidents. Let us examine first the Roman Catholic doctrine as briefly stated in the grounds of Catholic doctrine. Quote, It is a releasing by the power of the keys committed to the Church the debt of temporal punishment which may remain due upon account of our sins after the sins themselves as to the guilt and punishment have been already remitted by repentance and confession. End quote. This is a careful statement which avoids reference to the actual practices attacked by Martin Luther, but sanctioned by the papacy. The morally licentious John Tetzel sold indulgences which declared, May our Lord Jesus Christ have mercy upon thee, and absolve thee by the merits of his most holy passion, and I, by his authority, that his apostles Peter and Paul and of the most holy pope, granted and committed to me in these parts, do absolve thee, first, from all ecclesiastical censures, in whatever manner they have been incurred, then, from all thy sins, transgressions and excesses, how enormous soever they may be, even from as much as are reserved from the cognizance of the Holy See, and as far as the keys of the Holy Church extend. I remit to thee all punishment which thou deservest in purgatory on their account, And I restore thee to the holy sacraments of the church, to the unity of the faithful, and to that innocence and purity which thou possessest at baptism. So that, when thou diest, the gates of punishment shall be shut, the gates of the paradise of delights shall be opened, and, if thou shalt not die at present, this grace shall remain in full force when thou art at the point of death. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. End quote. The Council of Trent affirmed the theological validity of indulgences while curbing their practice. Their sale, however, did continue in some areas at least until 1800. In our time, Cardinal Ratzinger has affirmed the validity of the doctrine. The fallacy in this doctrine and practice is that what should be reserved to God and his law is usurped by the Church. Instead of repentance and restitution, a moral change, a financial transaction takes place. The subject is one of embarrassment to Catholics, but a delight to Protestants and humanists in criticising the Roman Catholic Church. Certainly it must be criticised and condemned, but we must be careful that we are not guilty of the same sin before we cast a stone. From John 8.7 we are commanded by our Lord to judge righteous judgment, from John 7.24, which means judging according to God's justice or law. There is no relationship between indulgences and God's law. We are, however, forbidden to judge first on purely personal grounds, that is, out of trifling reasons and dislikes, or second, when we ourselves are guilty of the same or worse offences, from John 8.1-11 we are told quote judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you shall be judged and with what measure you meet it shall be measured to you again and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye or how wilt thou say to thy brother let me pull out the mote out of thine eye and behold a beam is in thine own eye thou hypocrite First cast out the beam of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. End quote from Matthew 7 to five. Now let us consider some instances of Protestant indulgences. First, a young businessman, his company of a few years history flourishing, hired as an accountant a church member. Before long he found himself in near bankruptcy. The accountant had stolen approximately $450,000 to invest in schemes he felt would enrich him greatly and had lost it all. In the process, he had given generously to the church. The church called the businessman's demands for restitution harsh and unforgiving. As a Christian, he should forgive his error, his erring brother, who had neither repented nor asked for forgiveness. An investigation by the businessman turned up the embarrassing fact that the thief had done the same thing in three other cities, only to be forgiven by the church. This discovery only enraged the church leaders all the more, and the businessman was censured as unchristian. Several like instances involving sums of money, great and small, could be cited. In fact, all too many cases. Second, again, a too common instance. A man or woman is guilty of adultery, in many cases habitually so. If the guilty party cries or acts contrite, the innocent spouse is ordered to take them back. If the innocent party objects that there is no repentance, no evidence of abandoning also either alcoholism or drugs, and no clean bill of health with respect to venereal diseases or AIDS. The church authorities denounce this because it supposedly introduces materials extraneous to the spirit of forgiveness in Jesus. In these and countless other kinds of incidences that occur daily, God's law is despised by the Protestant doctrine of indulgences. Forgiveness can only be in terms of God's law as a satisfaction of His justice. The modern state too has its indulgences. Fines, prison sentences, and so many hours of months or hours or months of community services. An unrepentant and particularly vicious rapist out on parole expressed anger at the protest of many. "I've paid my debt to society," was his statement. First, his debt was not to society but to God, whose law he had broken, and he deserved to die. Second. There was no moral change in the man, neither repentance, confession, nor restitution. He had spent time in prison. He was involved there in homosexuality. He had practised the routines needed to impress a parole board, a collection of modern partners and indulgence peddlers, and within a year after his release, he was arrested for another serious crime. How many he had committed which remains as unsolved crimes, no one knows. Our modern legal system is far worse than John Tetzel and his associates, and yet one and all accept it as justice. Someone has said, quote, When people have to worry about being protected from our legal system rather than being protected by it, it's time to do something, end quote. Well, during most of history, the state and its legal system have been as much an enemy to the people as criminals, sometimes more so. Justice will escape every legal system, every church and state, if God's law is set aside. We will then have exactly what we do have, a system of indulgences. When the black prize fighter Mike Tyson savagely raped a young woman, a black and a Sunday school teacher, a number of black pastors called for mercy for Tyson, community service and the like. White pastors too often kept silent lest they be accused of that great modern sin, racism. The indulgence society of the early 1400s was seemingly very powerful and the peddling of indulgences highly profitable and successful. It was, however, both evil and vulnerable. So too today. Churches and states, following their self-hallowed indulgence systems, are highly vulnerable and will either be reformed or decay. We live in an indulgent society and are too blind to see it. This is the end of chapter 46.
1: The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things but if we fail to put them into practice then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit